Then hello and welcome, Mr. Ren's Reviews, to My First Thousand Podcast, where we chat, of course, about how YouTubers got started. I'd say a rather simple way of looking at your channel is you are a video game reviewer. Uh, would you say that's accurate? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, lovely stuff. Well, I'll start with something that sets you apart then from the rest of the YouTube video game reviewing community, because obviously it's a very thriving, large community, is you kind of... Not specialized, but you feature yourself um, in person, physically outdoors a lot, out on location doing physical shoots, um, which is obviously not really in line with the genre of video game reviewing. What kind of yeah. made you so inclined towards doing this? Well, it, it started, I wanted to make a review of the, the game Raid Shadow Legends. You ever heard of it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Once, twice. Yeah. Um, and I thought, as I was playing through it, I was like, nobody's going to watch this because... The footage is so boring. The game is so boring. But because it's a mobile game, you can go out in public. You play it out and about. So I thought, I'll just film a bunch of stuff outside to fill in the gaps and make it more engaging. Because I had all these ideas for that video that I wanted to people to sit through. And <laughs> um, I figured the live action would keep it engaging. And um, I didn't plan on... I planned on doing the live action for that and a review of the movie Cats. And um, I didn't plan on doing it any more than that. And the raid video did so well. And then everybody in the comments went, oh, Ren, I love the new format. This is great. And everybody just sort of assumed that that's what was going to be happening from there on out. So I went, uh, I had to rethink a lot of things, but I prefer it that way, I think. Mm, because I guess it's evolving. Uh, as you go. Mm-hmm. That sort yeah. of thing. Mm, that's, Keeps yeah. things fresh, for me, at least. <laughs> Have there been any other kind of instances like that, do you feel, where, you know, something that's kept you on your toes in terms of audience response? I don't know. I'm sort of always on my toes. <laughs> Hell uh, yeah. In terms of that, I, I really don't know. <laughs> okay, well, let's, um, on the outdoorsy thing, uh, in a broad statement, one can assume that the video game reviewing community tends to be quite, say, introverted creatures, let's say, yeah. you know, sit, sitting inside our rooms playing video games as the stereotypes go. So that requires quite a degree of extroversion and confidence to go out into the world and do such a thing in public. Uh, kind yeah. of what, what, how did you develop your confidence in, in doing that? Um... Well, I don't know. I, I, it's not. I'm very introverted and very uh, self-conscious, so I really couldn't tell you. It's just more like developing a character, telling myself this is for the video, and um, doesn't really matter. I don't care what uh, this guy vacuuming or this homeless lady behind me putting stuff in her cart. I don't care what they think. I'm. I got to do a video. That's that's really it. There was this happening the other day. I was in this uh, little kid's play area, um, this place called Fly High, because I'm doing an Assassin's Creed movie review. And um, this guy was just vacuuming, the employee, and, and I'm, I'm standing on this thing where everybody can see me talking and hear me. And I'm talking about Michael Fassbender's stunt work in the movie Assassin's Creed. And he's just trying to vacuum. And it's, it's, it's a little embarrassing, I guess, but you just, you got to... Just not worry about it, you know? Just go for it. Just go for it. I like that, because that's not the... I guess some people might answer, like, yeah, you know, you just just get on with it. It's fun. But I, I kind of like that you've answered, like, yeah, it is kind of... But it is kind of uncomfortable, I guess, but you just do get on with it for, for the video. 
Yeah, I think it makes it better. The more uncomfortable, the better. I think. <laughs> I like that. This isn't actually your first escapade into a into a, a into a play park, is it? Nah. <laughs> Wait, nah. hang on. That sounds. All, I mean, I mean for a video. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, for the sake of content, you you have previously visited um, play parks as a location to use, and I think because simply yeah. that you get a lot of humor from that. It's it's funny to see you you know reviewing something from that kind of setting yeah but that's also really limiting right now because of corona and if i'd rather not have the mask on while i'm talking to the camera so parks are kind of kind of they're a good uh fix for that i suppose Mm. because i want to go inside more places i have all these yeah a lot of things i want to do yeah i like that would you care to hint at any? Nah, I want to nah. keep. I keep. I like to keep my ideas close. I get really paranoid of people stealing my ideas. No, that's fair enough. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, I'll tell okay, you off then. camera. Tell me off camera. Okay, I look forward yeah. to that. Um, okay, so you also have um, a lot of specificity in terms of what you release. Um, in terms of, it's not just like oh. Make, make a script, make the video, shove it out, and rinse and repeat. You actually had a full script written for God of War, which is, of course, an immensely popular game in terms of storytelling, gameplay, everything. It was hugely successful. You had an entire script written, but didn't actually choose to go ahead with the video. I was just wondering yeah. uh, if you'd like to chat any more about that process. Well, I just, I really felt like after I wrote it, I just wasn't interested in what I was saying. So I was like, eh, I'll move on to something else. And that's really... I think I do that too often, and I actually think that that's a bad thing that I shouldn't be doing. Because when I went back and reread that God of War script like a year later, I thought, oh, this is fine. This this video would have done well. I should have just done it. So I've told myself to pull the trigger on more projects going forward, which is why I'm doing a an Assassin's Creed movie review at the moment. I like that. I like that. Well, it's a very different mentality to the kind of just ship it, just ship it, just ship everything, just co- content, 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 get it out. That kind of yeah. attitude we see from a lot of people that just shove things for the sake of putting them out there, where um, quality comes absolutely uh, far beyond quantity. And I think it's a shame that YouTube has, at least in, in my opinion, I think it's that's, that's a shame that there's a lot of no- noise for quality to cut through. Yeah. That's the way it goes, though. And and that's what YouTube, for lack of a better word, rewards. Um, the more you put out, the more chances you have of getting eyeballs on your channel. So people churn out daily or weekly content. Some of them do it well. Most don't. They churn it out like, like a factory because, I mean, why wouldn't you? They don't need to put in that much effort into their videos because people are watching. So, but I, I couldn't do that personally. I, I wish I could. I really do. But that's not for me. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's an emphasis on quality. And then there's, I would say, the degree that... I mean, I'd say where you're sitting, if you don't mind me saying, is on the really extreme end of the, of the spectrum where there is quite a long time between releases but each one is what we're talking plus 20 minutes 
um somewhere between 20 minutes half an hour i believe he did a call of duty one that was near 40 minutes long and these are heavily edited throughout and they're not simple edits either there's a lot of storytelling obvious um, storyboarding that's going on and uh features quite extensive use of say after effects as well like it's complicated stuff that's going on to make that final product yeah uh it's i guess it's just a huge shame that youtube doesn't reward that in the same manner um well youtube does reward it and and the reason i'm not worried is because i feel like i i do put the work in and i do um have something that stands out from the crowd something that is unique which which is so important in the the noisy landscape that that we live in so the channel's always growing and um really the reason it might not look like it's being rewarded in the way that it should is because there hasn't been any big hot topics to discuss in the world of gaming um it's been really really dry like i could have done a video on hitman but nobody really cares what people have to say about hitman and yeah it's just it's it's a really dry landscape and um when things pick back up, the views should follow. And I'm the channel's doing well right now, too. It's doing better than it's ever done. So I can't really complain on that front. But I do plan on trying to just eventually go beyond video games. Because when you review one game, you're tethered to... Your video performance is tethered to the popularity of that game. So if and it takes like a month to make a video so you've got to pick something that's still going to be hot in a month like the last of us 2 was or call of duty's always hot so yeah you got to be really choosy with your games there is a lot of thematic crossovers with things like films as well uh, as games mm-hmm. so yeah that sounds like hell of a lot of fun uh, quite frankly <laughs> so I, I should have specified uh, when, I, when I said um, doesn't doesn't reward as well as I meant in comparison to say that the daily 24 hour ch- churnovers yeah. because uh, I mean obviously it rewards it in that particular manner because I mean let alone uh, say a one minute TikTok which demands someone's attention like for someone to sit down and sit and commit to a 40 minute video then a lot of people are not going to do that unless there is something ho- holy shit really good there to offer which obviously there is do you know what I mean it's it's mm-hmm. what you got is really special and, and it's fun to to watch well good thank you you know which is which is why I, it's a pleasure to talk to you do, do you know what i mean i i, I like the work yeah. that you do <laughs> um okay so let's talk a bit about then the difference then between say traditional game editing tropes such as oh editing beats of music on gunshots and that sort of thing which we've been seeing for yonks now in comparison mm-hmm. to heavy after effects um editing which is not an amateur thing that is easy to pick up and learn and so obviously to do even yeah. one effect it might take someone a hell of a lot of time to, to learn sit down do straight and then to come out with a video that has maybe half an hour of that so what was your process of kind of learning that and including those techniques in your videos i was just really slow like i started out like that putting syncing up sound effects to gunshots and whatever's you know um i guess that's just the natural thing to do when you when you start editing but um no i just always every video i made i was always learning something new about the editing program premiere and i was if i don't keep trying new things 
I will get bored and then I won't be interested in whatever I'm doing. So I need to constantly keep raising the the bar for myself. Otherwise I, uh, uh, it'd be painful. Um, so it's, it was just a slow, like, what haven't I done yet? What am I capable of? And, um, write something down on the script going, I have no idea how to make that happen, but then just spending days making sure that it works and learning, um, by doing trial and error really. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that's more kind of recent stuff that you're doing. I guess in terms of early learning, when you got started, how did you go through your really initial phases? Of course, between say zero subscribers to a thousand, your your first thousand subscribers. What was your process there? How how you got started? Oh, I was just doing, I was making whatever I thought of, whatever I thought might be an interesting topic, whatever would get a few hundred views. So I've actually gotten rid of a lot of those videos because they they weren't good like there was a, a destiny youtuber named true vanguard who who held a competition on his channel if you met a certain amount of requirements within a game of pvp and destiny he would you would be eligible to win a sweater but i knew he was going to watch every video that was submitted to him so i made one knowing he would watch it and i told him at the end of the video to check out the rest of my channel so i was doing stuff like that um you know hustling hustling Uh, bustling yeah how much do you think came from that in terms of him then seeing your channel nothing oh okay (laughs) sorry i thought i don't think i was so ready (laughs) no (laughs) i don't think he even saw the video because of i assume youtube's spam filter he said tell me you've made the video on in a comment on this video so i say hey true vanguard come watch my video and youtube probably hit that with the spam bot mm. he probably never even saw it um and my girlfriend was really excited to have a free sweater but didn't happen uh well i think she'd be yeah. i think she's happier now with a successful youtuber boyfriend so there you go yeah she's <laughs> all right you win some you lose some you know what i mean yeah um okay then well at least not so much for the numbers but it's interesting that you say you've actually removed some from those early days which i think is more and more common and it's not necessarily a bad thing either because of course as you progress years and years along the line is you know there might be some early ones which you know you kind of worry about might detract from the quality of the brand i guess because obviously stuff that you've come out with in the last three years is going to be far and away significantly higher quality yeah it's really just pretty much that if if I feel like the quality of the video is just not good um, or just doesn't fit in with the rest of the channel, I'll, I'll chop it out. It's like, it's, it's not a hard decision to make. They're not, uh, I don't care about them. So yeah, get it, get them out of here. Well, you've, you've been doing this like a, a long time though. I mean, you, you're one of the YouTube veterans, which is of course awesome because you have years of experience in comparison to some others. Yeah. That, that's a good thing, right? I, I mean that as a compliment. That's awesome. <laughs> or is that... Are you not a, not a fan of that title? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Just... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... At least, I guess at least it has from, been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, at least from my uh, outside perspective um, to your journey, it 
all I'm thinking there is you have the experience there seeing the ebbs and flows of YouTube, of seeing how the ecosystem and the subcultures within YouTube have grown and developed over time. And I think yeah. there's a lot that comes with that experience, which say might may not be obvious to um, some others. That, that's all I mean by that. Yeah, it just, you know, giving me an existential crisis of oh, no. age and time. <laughs> no, no, I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Okay, well, tell you what, we'll come back to the early days because you mentioned something I'm very excited to talk about, which is, of course, The Last of Us Part 2. Um, mm. And there's several things to say, but I guess I'll start with the most exciting, which is, of course, your predictions. Like, that is a hell of a special thing. So just for context to anyone who may not have seen the video, um, what you did was make your predictions for what was going to happen in The Last of Us Part 2. Um, I believe just from the teasers, that was the only information you had. Y- you went off nothing, essentially, right? Yeah, I knew the teasers, and I knew people were really mad. That's all I knew. That's all you knew. And you wrote yeah. down your predictions and sealed it in an envelope on camera. And then, yeah. you know, after playing the game, you then... Uh, obviously opened the envelope, popped it on camera, and you were correct, largely, particularly with one of the, the big two predictions. I, yeah, I was wrong with one of them. But mm. the other you one, I guess, wasn't money. that hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, on the money and the other. Okay, so I guess then what led you to make those predictions? Oh, I just I, that's something I like to do is try to predict what's going to happen in a movie or a game. And I got a pretty good track record of that. Usually I'm once you've seen and played enough things you just kind of know how things are going to go because you did that for halo 4 didn't you yeah i predicted halo 5 i was really close actually and that was that was also based off just teasers so that's just something i've always done because i i spend my time uh never living in the present always up in the clouds so I, i just think about nonsense all day all day long so i get to uh make predictions for for youtube videos and uh things like that well do you want to tell us a bit more about the halo predictions first before we get into the last of us ones oh my gosh that was that was what six years ago oh man it was master chief in a cloak i remember this perfectly but i don't remember my own uh thoughts it's master chief in the desert holding cortana's uh usb port and uh his cloak was blowing in the wind and it's like why is master chief wearing a, a, a cloth am i allowed to cur- curse on this program yeah, absolutely yeah okay absolutely. <laughs> yeah why is he, he he's got this uh sci-fi super suit and he's wearing a fucking rag and and then some forerunner thing comes up and it's like we had that and then we had something with the arbiter talking to Locke. and mm. it was oh and we knew Locke and chief were gonna fight at some point that's all we knew and i i actually got really close with that one so but that video is six years old so people don't want to watch it i get it my point there is illustrating how on the money you were with your predictions there yeah on that teaser i just found it funny how um you know they're deliberately hiding his identity with this cloth as if we can't tell by all the massive green super suit armor (laughs) do you know what i mean yeah Um, cortana's voice playing over the halo music yeah like we didn't know. <laughs> okay then. So, of course, the ecosystem at the time, as well as we knew that everyone was absolutely fuming, uh, cancelling pre-orders over the leaks, mm-hmm. that led you on to make those predictions. So do you want to talk about uh, what they were and kind of what, what led you to make those? 
Well, the first prediction, the one that was wrong, which I would wager is the more important prediction, absolutely, um, was that I thought either Ellie would kill Joel by the end of the game, or Joel would kill Ellie. Um, because I just figured if somebody saw that as a bullet point on a on a Gizmodo article or a, or a what's the Japanese one? I always forget. Kotaku? It starts with a K. Kotaku? Yeah, Kotaku. If 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 they say that, oh, Joel kills Ellie on a Kotaku thing, people would be so mad. Um, but the one I got right was I knew I just felt figured there had to be something with trans people going on. So they, it just felt like a safe bet. So at least I got one out of two. I guess there's something cyclical about the first one being, you know, if we take the, oh, Ellie and Abby are two sides of the same coin. Oh, father f- figure gets killed off. Let, let's let's give you a half right on that because, you know, it's, it's kind of there. <laughs> okay, you're giving me some extra credit. All right, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> you know. Um, okay, well, I really liked your Last of Us Part 2 video for... Um, Lots of uh, aforementioned reasons, including the editing as well as you going outside, uh, particularly mm-hmm. when I believe that was the video when you had your microphone mounted on a guitar when you were talking about the uh, guitar mechanics in the game. You're just talking to yeah. the mic like that. That's very funny. Nobody does that. That, that Thank gave me you. a lot of giggles. There were so many strong opinions one way or the other, and we can have an entirely separate conversation about the instant oh, yeah. rewarding extreme dis- decisions, but you gave a very balanced and fair review. Mm-hmm. That was very, uh, that was incredibly stressful because I felt like I was in a lose-lose situation where if I love the game, I was an idiot who, God, just the shill and uh, fanboy. But if I hate the game, you're a sexist, transphobic, uh, and you missed the whole point and you're also an idiot. So it, it was like, I just thought, uh, I thought the dislike ratio was going to be brutal on that one. Um, so I was just trying to stay honest to how I felt about it and not be overly mean and 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 hopefully not uh, praise it too much because I I really enjoyed the gameplay. I like the I like the way they die in that game. So, um, it, you know, luckily it had things to praise and I it was boring. I get, but yeah, that was stressful. That was not easy to do. But it got ninety percent likes. So, I mean, if I could get 90% likes on on a Last of Us 2 review, I could probably get away with murder. I like that. Yeah, it's so true. I was going to say, because that ratio... Yeah, a lot of people cannot say the same ratio for the same kind of video. At least not in the early days. Now that it's cooled down, people probably... Well, they don't care as much. I haven't mm. seen Nakey Jakey's, but I would assume it's 99%. He's the guy that sits on the exercise ball. And... Uh, and you know him? Oh, uh, no, I haven't seen that, but I'm just picturing it in my mind, and it okay. sounds hilarious. <laughs> As I say, I'm getting a lot of amusement for people out in public do- doing these kinds of videos, so I'm just picturing someone oh, on an exercise ball. He, no, that punk, he doesn't go out in public. He's too scared. I'm going to call <laughs> him out. He's too scared to go out in public. He, he sits in front of a green screen on an exercise ball. <laughs> oh, it's not the same, yeah. is it? You, you need the judgment. It's not. <laughs> no, I don't watch him much, but he is good. He is very good. But he knows how to make a video, so it's probably... I'm sure it doesn't feel like 50 minutes. Hmm. Well, more importantly, you know how to make a video, and you know how to... um, That is more important. Keep it um, engaging on the ultra-long end of the spectrum, because I I think we can fairly agree that a plus half an hour video in YouTube's terms is extra long. That's on the, you know, the upper echelons of length, I guess. 
it is and it isn't because there there's a lot there's a big audience out there that loves long content like this guy Mahler he makes ugh, I think he's got 15 hours of video just reviewing uh the last Jedi like fifth it's yeah I'm, I'm something like that 15 hours to review the last Jedi and my 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 boy white light he makes God, he made a seven-hour video on Death Stranding because he's insane. My so life. there is, and, and Red Letter Media consistently on a weekly basis puts out 22-hour-long videos. And I think there's a pretty big audience for longer content, especially in um, in the review scene, because uh, you can really get down into the nitty-gritty. People like People like hearing about your thoughts on things if you can present it well enough and um the algorithm actually really likes long content too because well you can get more than one view off of a person and um you can load the bitch with ads if you really wanted to and the watch time youtube sees oh people are watching this for a long time and coming back and watching it a long time again um so you can actually get you could do pretty well with longer stuff, but I, I like to keep it as short as possible for me. I'm just trying to rewrite the the rules that I've learned in in learning about YouTube the uh, about the long form things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's no written rule or formula for how to be successful on YouTube. Everybody, as you'll see as you keep going, everybody's story is very different. Um, yeah, you could do. Like what? For a while, people were saying you couldn't do um, short content. Like YouTube didn't reward that. But two or three years ago, Gus Johnson blew up making 10 second to three minute long skits. So yeah, there's no... It's really just make the best thing you possibly can and and pray. <laughs> That's it. At least with the people I've I've been very privileged to talk to, is there seems to be like, what's the meme? Hit or miss? I guess they never miss. Every single one is a is a hard hit. It's a is a is a banger. At least consistently. Are there any that you've done um, more recently that you're like particularly really proud of that you're pleased with? Oh, I'm usually most proud of whatever my most recent video is. Um, because that's the one that I've it's just the most recent one I guess I don't know but uh, I'm really happy with the 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 raid review and the cats review and um call of duty uh cold war because that game that oh that game was so boring in terms of the campaign there was nothing to work with and when you can manage to make an engaging video out of nothing that's really rewarding. And um, I'm really happy with the Medal of Honor video I just did. Because there's a lot that went into that. Um, a lot of new stuff, a lot of After Effects, and all, all, all sorts of uh, tedious and complicated things. And um, yeah, that's I'm going to have a similar challenge right now because the Assassin's Creed movie, which I watched with White Light, was... He and I both agree it's one of the most boring movies we've ever seen. So, making 15 minutes of that watchable is going to be very tough. We'll see. 
we'll see how that turns out. Well, I guess the enjoyment is partly because it is simply you, you and White Light together watching a movie. That just sounds like fun to, you know, watch and be a part of. It was fun for about 30 minutes until we realized what we were what we were enduring. And then it was done. We were there was no more energy left. You're over it. Yeah, yeah. He was almost in tears by the end of the time the credits rolled. He was yeah. Okay, am I right in assuming you, you storyboard? Particularly some kind of. outdoors bit. Okay. So I guess one of the questions about your process would be, when did you start storyboarding and how uh, useful do you think it was to you? So it's not necessarily storyboarding. Um, I get everything out I, I on a shot list. I might actually have one. Oh, wow. Yeah, I do. I write everything out and I write what I'm going to need on here, like props or whatever. Because I've done props. I, I've started smoking fake cigarettes and uh, things like that. Oh, it's all inverted, so the, the kids are going to need their cheaters. It, it's come through oh, properly okay. on my side. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so what I've taken to doing now is, since this is a movie review, and um, that copyright bot is a tricky little mistress, uh, I took a green screen with me out in public so I could put <laughs> the movie on the green screen. And... Um, that isn't answering your question at all, but... Uh, I'm interested was to the hear question? anyway. <laughs> no, no, uh, <laughs> we were talking about the process of, um, of I guess, what you, what you do with a script. So, um, something to do okay. with storyboarding. But um, I'm interested in how you go from a script to a finished product, and, and this is very much answering the question, so... That is uh, kind of a big question, I guess, because I write down the transitions on the script. Like, I had one... Um, Gosh. So, uh, for the... Med- did you see the Medal of Honor video? The, the VR okay. one. But, um, yeah, the VR one. Yeah, I did watch that. <laughs> so, because that, that, that game is in VR, um, you can do whip pans in it. Meaning you can... <laughs> do you know what a whip pan is? Because you went to film school, right? Yeah. Like, whoosh, whoosh. Yeah. Y- your, your head is the camera, so you can go whoosh, like that. <laughs> and um, I have a pair of glasses with a camera on them right here. And I wrote, I write in almost every transition. And I wrote in, um, when I, I talked to the camera at a Denny's, I wrote in, when you're looking, I was looking up at a plane after you jump out of it. And then in the game, I looked directly down like that. And it transitioned really smoothly into my girlfriend wearing glasses at a Denny's going down like that. So, uh, I don't know if, that, if that's interesting to anybody, but it's like yeah, that that really is that that's what's awesome to hear about. Because I guess I, I think about these things too. Well, I don't know, too much, not enough, probably too much, and I write them all in, um, just so that it's smooth as possible. And luckily, though, it's YouTube, so it's if something is isn't working, I can just use a transition and whoosh out of it it's like nobody's gonna care but i i like it to have um as much of a sense of flow as possible i try to make sure that nothing is jarring because going from live action to uh gameplay or movie could be jarring Um, yeah it's not a natural cut is it yeah not at all so i always try to make sure that in the beginning of the video I have something in live action just to establish that live action happens in this video so that when I do cut back and forth, it's 
people aren't just like what pulled out of it. And um, a lot of thought goes into it. A lot. And I, I'll, I'll look at games too. Like that's why I love VR because, because your head is the camera. You can move your head around and uh, like stare at objects and, and have put live action on certain things in the world. So I'm always like, if I'm playing a game, I'm looking out for what can I do a transition with and uh, where can I possibly put live action or whatever, you know, even if it's as simple as like, say in Assassin's Creed, the camera pans and in the foreground, there's a metal beam that goes in front of the camera. I'll use that to transition to live action or something. And I'll like write, I have a little timestamps in the movie where I'll put, Ooh, tra- possible transition at uh, 49 minutes, 10 seconds. So yeah, there's a lot of, I guess it's a lot of prep. It's a lot of, um, it's so interesting. Cause that's such a specific way of consuming a game whether, or, or a film, I guess thinking about how it could be used to illustrate your videos and that sort of thing. That's genuinely just so interesting to hear. It makes the game, it, it adds for me, it's, it's something extra to look for. You know, it helps a lot with the more mundane, your Assassin's Creed's, <laughs> your Cold Wars. When you can look for something, you know, productive, it's it's good. Mm. You also make um, great use of props outside as well. So I believe mm-hmm. it was Cold War. Were you in a bin or dressed up as a bin? Something to that effect. No, that was uh, that was cyberpunk. I know we mentioned it earlier, but yeah, having the the confidence to just dress up and and go wild out in out in nature is uh, certainly brings something unique to the table. That one was uh, tough because it was a uh, well, it was a public park, and that trash can is typically used for dog poop. So I had to. Um, Luckily, the bag was loose. I could just I took the bag out and put it <laughs> far away, and it yeah, I'm fine. Committed to the crime, yeah. Well, it's a fantastic committed video, to the so crime. I think we're all very grateful for your noble sacrifice for the sacred content. There, I I'm the type of person if I'm going to do something, I I do it all the way. Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> no messing around. I like that. I like that. No, no, no. It's very serious <laughs> stuff. Serious business. <laughs> Very serious YouTube business. <laughs> carry on, carry on. You don't need to. Yeah. Um, people yeah, are I, really considerate out there. Sorry to interrupt, but like, I I, I'm shocked people, uh, like if I film at a McDonald's, people will wait till the take's over to oh. walk through. But I'm like, walk through. I want them, I want people coming through and sort of being a, a bit of a distraction. I think that adds to it. Like in the Call of Duty video, some guy was... Yeah, he was jogging past and he says, keep going. And I knew the mic picked it up. So I'm thinking like I'm ha- having to memorize my lines and everything. And then I'm like, okay, I got to incorporate that guy's thing into this somehow. Because um, he, I'm pretty sure he did it specifically just to ruin my take because he was all <laughs> by himself. And he waited until he was near me to shout. So I, he had to have been ruining my take. <laughs> And I thought, what better way to stick it to this guy than to uh, use it? So I did. I think it's fun. <laughs> Joke's on him. Yeah. The instances in which you've, you've used the takes that have other people coming in, 
it almost comes across as an air of uh, that you've stumbled into a public place <laughs> to make a video and then yeah. just done one take and say, yeah, this is it, call it a date. Because the end result is that it's always hilarious because it looks so kind of uh, nonchalant, I guess. By the sounds of it, that's the effect you're going for because it is a great effect, which is very funny yeah. for, for audiences at least. I love yeah. that. If the the more people in the background, the more like confused they look, the better, I think. <laughs> that's why I like to have... Uh, I got to... Oh, yeah, I just had a realization that that comes down to... The props and the and the outfit. The outfit. When I did the cats review, I wore this um shit. This thing. <laughs> oh it. god, it's there. It's right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never <laughs> Oh god. That's it was hilarious. pretty bombastic. Pretty outlandish. People would were stop in their cars and they'd honk their horns at me. Like I was some <laughs> babe walking past a construction site like that was so that was fun i'm just trying to imagine being a fly on the wall and seeing this kind of situation occur do you know what i mean it just seems like such a i had a pretty good one um when i went filming two days ago i guess uh to make a long story short you know how life is sometimes you just gotta for the bit we had to film in a bathroom and look the men's room was disgusting oh, and uh, my girlfriend was with us. So we had to, we went to the women's room, which was much nicer. And I was in the process of wiping the toilet down and the floor down because I was going to have to sit on the floor as you do. Um, and as I was wiping the toilet, my brother is filming me for some behind the scenes stuff. And because we're at a park, some woman walked in. And all she sees is my brother holding a camera, pointing it at the toilet. <laughs> she flipped out. No. <laughs> Wait, what, what was her reaction? Like, what did she do? She went, oh, shit. <laughs> that that yeah. was it? Just, oh, shit, and she ran? Or like... <laughs> she, she closed the door really quick, and I could hear her yammering mumbling to herself outside she was in utter shock she had no idea what was going on did you did, did you pick her up yammering on the mic at all by any chance i have no idea i haven't looked at the footage yet but oh man. that was it yeah oh god that's that's like, well i like that because that's just oh it's such a youtube thing you know <laughs> i guess so such a youtube thing it's the effect of that kind of random encounter just without any of the maliciousness of the pranks channels it's just yeah. generally you're you're trying to film something separate and people are stumbling <laughs> in rather yeah. than haranguing people with with cameras of course oh, yeah it's wholesome it's wholesome i like that is it wholesome good i think good. it is <laughs> um all right well you mentioned uh cars honking at uh at, at girls on the sidewalk that that, that sort of business yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So let's carry on something there. I don't know if you've ever been compared to my main man, uh, Martin Scorsese, but I'm going to do it here. No, I <laughs> haven't. <laughs> I'm going to make this This will connection. be the one and only time. Thank you. <laughs> let's, see if, uh, let's see if this works. I don't know to what extent you'll agree. But of course, in The Wolf of Wall Street, my main man, Martin Scorsese, he um, uses beautiful girls such as Margot Robbie to essentially illustrate a mathematical um, 
complicated point to explain thing about numbers or banks or maths right because he knows for well people are not going to listen unless they think oh i'm going to pretend to listen because there's a hot girl at stake so yes i'm, I'm engaged now um you actually do something similar in terms of you've, you've actually used um you've used a couple of cool girls or cam girls to actually read some of the scripts for your videos yeah <laughs> can we talk a bit about that because it's hilarious <laughs> sure <laughs> That's expensive too. It's not that funny when you're paying for it. Um, oh like that, yeah. That that one woman who I had pretend to be my mom. Uh, <laughs> she she I I had to scour uh, Pornhub for for somebody who was willing to do that. Um, oh wow! And I thought this is going to be so easy, uh, but it was well, it was an interesting journey. Um, I had never delved into that space of the internet and, um, it was just so funny to me, just the juxtaposition of Twitch streaming, which is something that I do and that I watch. And then that streaming, which is like on Twitch, you gotta be on, you gotta be engaging. And if you ask for donations, you're, you're a, oh, you're the devil, but on on Pornhub, it's the opposite. They're sitting there quiet. They're waiting for a sugar daddy to show up. And they ask you, they're like, come on, guys. We're, I need the donation so I can, you know, open my drawer and pull the toys out. And it's like, oh, my God. Um, it, it's just so, I love the, the juxtaposition of it. I found it, 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 it tickled me. Um <laughs> Which might not be the best choice of words to use in this context, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was terrifying. And luckily, yeah, I, my my girlfriend was standing over my shoulder helping me pick a babe. Um, I guess I guess we should set up for context. Um, we've all been there. I <laughs> I had a uh, I had this idea where I wanted a girl because so in my videos I like to. I think the more you can break up the voiceover, the more engaging it can be. Sometimes people, uh, in in the words of something Actman actually told me years ago, just give them a little break from your voice. Um, I think it does help keep things more engaging. And I thought it would be funny to have a cam girl read a poem that I wrote about <laughs> Call of Duty. So I did. <laughs> That's why I went on there to find, uh, and I just, I had her say, I said, can you say this, that you're my mom and uh, <laughs> all that. And yeah, it worked out pretty well. The The lady I found was a slow reader, but you know, it's 10 bucks a minute. So, oh yeah. So she was like, I've got to draw this out. Yeah. And because of the way the chat thing worked, like I had one thing that rhymed completely, but she didn't know that it was supposed to rhyme because of the way when I copy and pasted it in, it didn't like format it like how I had it. Mm. So I couldn't use that. So I had to spend more money to f hire some chick off of Fiverr to read it. And then luckily she read the haiku perfect. Hey, so, wonderful. Yeah. And it was tough to find one with their shirt on. <laughs> Like, I was the only person in there. I was like, hey, would you mind putting on a shirt? For <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, man. And they're like, no. 
<laughs> like, what do you mean? No, like, yeah. Like, what do you so, mean put so on a gonna... shirt? That's not what I mean. Yeah. How funny. God. So there you go. I guess there's a, <laughs> something. Did I answer the question? I don't remember yeah, the though, question. Well, we're just talking about, I guess, uh, which, which you illustrate the juxtaposition between that kind of, the meshing of online cultures, if you will, between the yes. the, the streaming um, porn industry and uh, video game reviewers and Twitch, that sort of thing. Yeah. So Pokimane gets a lot of crap, but she's, well, I'll tell you, she's a better streamer than, than my mom. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't watched a single Pokimane stream, so I don't know what I'm saying. She could be the... She's not the one that threw her cat, but she could. No. <laughs> she could be. I hear she's no good. I have no earthly idea how uh, she there's, is. There's a different. I, by the sounds of it, there's a different story about her every week. I think the main story about her, which I'm interested in, is how she was. I believe she was originally studying um, chemical engineering or something in that in that field at co- in college when she started streaming. And there's a story about her running to a printer to print her first ever contract to get back in in time for a test or something that she was taking an exam and that that hmm. just sounds like a really interesting kind of origin story if you will but anyway that's yeah. for a, uh, uh, another day get um, her on <laughs> god i wish um <laughs> maybe one day maybe one day um okay well let's talk a bit about the subculture then that is the game reviewing industry which i find in a lot of reviewers that people tend to feel the need to hedge a lot of their opinions with phrases such as now you guys don't have to agree like yeah. if you enjoy the game that's fine i'm not saying it's bad i'm saying these are the pro- like and it's almost a shame that I, I don't know how you feel about that that is almost something you need to do uh it's not something you need to do but it's definitely something that over time you feel you need to do because if you don't say that um people people want to pounce on you they Mm. gamers are very opinionated and very uh they also hold these games so close to their heart to the point where in some cases it becomes like a part of their personality almost and when you attack their game you're attacking them so you kind of do need to go, you, you kind of need to soften your approach at times with things like that. And I've definitely done that myself. Um, but I think I've gotten better at doing that without outright saying that I'm doing that. More like a, I understand why they've done this. It's for this reason, but here's why it's stupid kind of thing. You know, so yeah, I get what you're saying. I don't know. I think it's definitely uh, a negative that, I mean, we don't, I mean, this this can be said for the entirety of the internet, right? Except we only hear from the extreme opinions because if someone's like, oh yeah, I, I agree or oh, I kind of disagree, they're not really going to leave a comment. It's only we we hear the far extremes. That's true. And sadly mm-hmm. that, yeah. And as such, th- those tend to be the people we feel the need to cater for, I guess, which isn't mm. necessarily a good thing. No, yeah, you're right. Because otherwise it just leaves you open to the kind of slapdash attacks. As you illustrated earlier, it's like, oh, uh, there were a lot of reactions to negative Last of Us 2 reviews being like, you just hate women then. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, like, that's clearly not the per- what the person has said. And it's, I don't know, it's it doesn't feel like a good thing that people are almost obligated to do to avoid obvious insults in their comment section. Yeah, I mean, no matter what you do, you're going to get body body slammed in the commies. 
But um, there's a lot that you can do to mitigate those body slams. Um, and I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how often I've actually done that. Something I'll be more aware of going forward for sure. Because I don't really care if people disagree with me. I mean, once the video is out, it's out and they could do whatever, you know, say whatever you want to say. I don't care. My, I've already said my piece, so I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, something to think about. Do I do that a lot? I don't know. I shouldn't be asking you. <laughs> no, this wasn't a, you do this a lot. It was just, um, I think you do it a little as most other game reviewers do, if that makes sense. It's not something yeah. unique, it's just something that I think you have a more qualified opinion of than most, hence, hence I was curious. Because mm, I, I okay. think it's relevant, and I think it's it's just kind of a internet state at the moment, where the best slapdown wing wins, do you know what I mean? And it's I think that's something to be concerned about. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay, so let's talk a little bit about influencer marketing then. Uh, and I think the most prolific example, which you talked about in very good detail, which a lot, not many influencers are willing to do, was about the Just Cause Easter eggs, where in the press release, mm. it actually gave influencers like you details as to, oh, by the way, guys, there's this Easter egg at this location at these coordinates that maybe you want to hint, hint, nudge, nudge, check out. And of course, the effect yeah. of that was all the clickbait. Oh, you won't believe this Easter egg when it's been released for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what, yeah. what your opinion is of, of this kind of play. Well, I, huh, I've never thought about how I feel about it. I think it's, I don't know if it's harmful or not. It, it's, it's like, it's really weird. I probably won't get an email like that ever again because I made that video, which is fine with me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think part of it is maybe a little bit gross where it's like this bigger YouTuber has a sort of privilege of getting the game early and also being outright told by the developers where he, he says, here's the developers are like, Hey, here's your next 250,000 views right here on this part of the map. And uh, I think it it could I could see that feeling really unfair to people. And it's also kind of just, it takes a lot of authenticity out of YouTube, I think out of, or or the people that do it. Like, yeah, I forgot about that completely. That's interesting to think about. Yeah. Mm. Does that answer the question? Yes, very well, actually. And I think it shows a lot about you as a character because you've previously spoken about, and you've raised concerns about the lack of authenticity regarding other people's behavior in terms of when you talked about Fortnite YouTubers yeah. advocating for their audiences to go and buy skins in-game, which mm-hmm. A, is dodgy as hell regardless, and B, is to a particularly young, um, younger audiences who are, of course, more easily influenced. Yeah. That was Hush, and I believe all-time top 10 Um saying, oh my god, the skin is going to be off the market forever. You better go get it right now. Tell your mom. And Hush, I remember, was sponsored by Fortnite, I believe, in that very video. Um, which, he did disclose it, so you know that ahead of time. 
but I bet all time top ten didn't. He doesn't. He didn't know what he was doing. Do you remember that kid? <laughs> no, so, I don't. I'm oh, not familiar man. with the scene. Sadly, he was like this 15 year old that accidentally made it huge on YouTube, making top ten Fortnite videos. And even Drew Gooden did a video on him because he, he was just kind of goofy, this goofy kid. But yeah, I, mean, this, I guess it's everybody's got their hustle, right? I'm not going to. Uh, well, I don't think you should tell kids to buy Fortnite skins, I guess. I guess it depends. Like, that's worse than uh, using your early developer preview copy of just cause to find a uh, Easter egg. But yeah, I don't like that stuff. I don't think anybody likes it, though. Mm. Anybody who's old enough to know what's happening, they're like, eh. Not, yeah. not for it. It feels wrong, and plus it's... I remember even the thumbnails at the time when it came out, with all the thumbnails were the same with that Easter egg, and it was a bit like... Because I was not aware at the time when that happened that that is what had gone on behind the scenes, but I remember it feeling strange. Um, mm-hmm. Which is it's such a... Yeah, I remember it feeling very odd, because of course it was all copy-paste the same. But, yeah, you know, it's like, oh, this big game is coming out, and all everyone keeps going on about is this bloody hammer... You know, the, the get over it if, part. If that's the case too, th- then you might not have a good game on your hands. <laughs> if all yeah. anybody's talking about is the Easter eggs, maybe pass on the game. Mm. Just saying. Let's talk about games then in regard to your channel and your mentality behind what you make. Because obviously, as you said, you could have made uh, film reviews, you could have done uh, any number of things, obviously. What made you choose specifically to do um, reviews about video games? Well, it's just when I started out, I um, well, I always wanted to review games because I, I love games. But really, uh, when Halo 4 came out, I was, ooh, you know, I had that little, that little fire inside of my heart. Everything about it was just so wrong to me. And I started writing a script for that Halo 4 video, and then I stopped because I was like, nobody's going to watch this. I have 30 subscribers, and this is going to take forever. And then... I came back to that when uh, the Master Chief Collection came out, and that thing on launch was one of the worst AAA launches still to this day. Horribly optimized. Like, you could see developer code in the main menu, and you could you would hop into a Warthog, and it would fly up into the ceiling, and cutscenes were all messed up. Like, everything about it was, it was so bad, and you couldn't find multiplayer matches either. You could be sitting in the lobby the night it released for hours before you find a match. And then it would put you in a match. There'd be 12 out of 10 players in there. And there'd be like six players or, or, or like eight players on blue team and four players on red team. And it would also give host to somebody. And somebody could boot players out of the match if they knew they had host. And it was a shit show. And I was like, I was so impassioned so riled that i had to make a video on it and i i did um a two-part like hour-long thing and after i uploaded it i never looked back at the channel because i thought no one's gonna watch it and then a year later i log on and it had five thousand views which is huge for having 30 subs and it was like oh shit i should have been doing this I, i i yeah i should have been doing this more pursuing the the thing 
And, and I still continue to neglect it for years after. Um, but here we are. I think there's a lot of, because of course now at time recording it's 2021, I think there's a lot of people whose attitudes to YouTube is, I guess, similar to what you may have felt in that time, which is, oh, it's too late. It's too late to get started. It's too, it's too late to, you know, start. What, what would you say? Do you think that's a reasonable thing for people to feel? No, 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 no. Uh, if you want to do something, if you want to make a channel, you have to do it. Every day that passes that you haven't worked on that thing and you're think spending time thinking about working on a channel, that's a wasted day because you're going to make your first videos and they're not going to be good. You're going to have to practice at it. And it, it takes a lot of practice and a lot of trial and error to get good at anything. And you have to get started on that immediately because if you don't, you're just getting older and you're, you're not spending that time honing the skills that you want to be honing. And most people start out and they realize pretty quick that, oh, this isn't for me. So you should at least just for yourself, do it just to see if it is for you and um, you won't regret it after that because mm. i guess even yeah. if one discovers that it isn't for them at least they know in their heart they tried youtube is full of or the comment section is full of people who think they could really do something extraordinary on youtube and if you think you can prove it do it that's what i'd say hell yeah that's that's really really good advice We'll finish off with a couple of things then, which was you mentioned how something deep down we all know, which is when you get started, the early ones that, that generally people make tend to be not very good. And then you get better, you get better, you get better over years of progress and hard work, exactly as you've shown. And then you come out with some really special, high quality things that do wonders. And then if someone wanted to, hypothetically, they could just then privatize all the earlier ones. And so mm -hmm. they're just left with the creme de la creme, which... Uh, mm -hmm. Is very is very standout. Like that's a that's a valid way of going about it. Yeah, get your bad videos out. Was that hack Robert Rodriguez? He said every director has thirty bad movies in them or something. So he he's purposely getting all his bad movies out, which is why we get Shark Boy and Lava Girl. I think <laughs> a like, I don't know. I don't agree with that, but yeah, you got to get the bad videos out to an extent. Mm. Get them out of your your soul. Yeah, I think it was. Ali Abdul, who who basically said you, you'll learn more in your first fifty than you will in the in the following five hundred or some, something to that effect. Oh yeah, um, you learn more sure. from failure than from success, mm. right? That type of thing. I remember buying books when I was younger, when I was perhaps sixteen, and I was studying um, film and um, these kinds of theories, and I was like, I, I don't care, I, I want to study YouTube. And the books I remember reading, I was like this is nonsense. You know, these guys don't know what they're talking about. Um, and of course you, uh, you do because you've done it. You've walked the path. You've done the journey. I guess so, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess um, we'll leave with then. Is there any particular highlight of the whole journey of, of this career of being a YouTuber for you? What, what was kind of a highlight standout moment for you? Oh God. I don't know. <laughs> I always, I'm just sort of looking to the next thing. I've never, uh, that's a problem. I've never like stopped to enjoy anything. I'm always just moving. So I guess when, uh, anytime a video 
does well, not just algorithmically, but like when, when, when people are really, even if very few people see it, like 10,000, if, if the reception for it is really good, that's always a highlight because it's like, it just means you've done it. You've, you've achieved what you're trying to achieve. And, um, that has yet to get old, I think. Yeah. There, there you go. There's a highlight. <laughs> well, it's a very good note to end on because I'd imagine that's a very special feeling that uh, only a few, you know, the best of the best YouTubers get to feel and go to bed, go to bed at night feeling that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. All right then, uh, <laughs> Mr. Ren of Ren's Reviews has been an absolute privilege learning from you and hearing all about your journey as a YouTuber. Um, is there anything, any parting words you'd like to leave us with? Uh, shit. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. Fair enough. Um, if you guys are still watching, feel free to check us out. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other usual places, as well as find us on Twitter or Instagram at MyFirstThousand. I haven't really done anything with them so far, so you'll probably be one of the earliest ones to ever get in on that if you're hearing this, so come check us out. Uh, Ren, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute privilege. Well, thanks for having me. I'll say, I'll say bye to the kids. Bye, kids. <laughs> bye, kids. Bye-bye. <laughs>